Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So today we wanted to continue our series on trusting God, and I wanted to talk about overcoming worry. Overcoming worry. Now, if you never worried before, then you're not from this planet. You are some other creature that we don't recognize. Saying that to say that all of us have worried before. And when you think about worry, most times we are wrestling with something that we are preoccupied with and we cannot control. And oftentimes it's circumstances. Oftentimes it's our concerns. Oftentimes we feel powerless. Uh, oftentimes there's a result that we are trying to avoid or a situation that we're trying to not allow to happen. Um, but worry is this big, huge concern of ours, this big, huge issue that many of us deal with on a regular basis to varying degrees. Now, let's make a distinction. Worry is the precursor to anxiety. So we're not talking about anxiety per se yet. Anxiety is kind of like professional worry. So now you've passed the worry stage and now your body is telling you this is the result of all the worry that you've been doing. So we have to understand God is not condemning us for the feelings that we have concerning how we cope or deal with situations. God does not judge you for your humanity. We have to say that. The, the Bible says that when you're weak, then he's strong. So vulnerability is actually a powerful way of God showing his godness in your life. But where you have God, where you have God in your heart, where you have God in your mind, in relation to your own ability to fix things and your own ability to do things is where that dynamic of worry kind of comes to play. The scripture that we've been kind of wrestling with, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, Amplified Bible says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. This is the verse you want to focus on for a little bit. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. This power packed verse here that God is trying to get into our spirit as we talk about everything that pertains to trusting God. That being not wise in your own eyes, meaning don't trust and exalt how you see a situation, how you see a circumstance, how you understand the situation to be above God's knowledge of that thing. Oftentimes we face situations and they're real to us. Like the Bible says, no one has seen God. So God is even in the unknown realm 
where we can't see him. So it takes faith to sense him, which can be a scary thing. Because we're humans, everything tangible makes sense. Everything tangible to us is real. And if it's not tangible and it's not real to us, quote unquote, by experiencing in our senses, it creates fear. It creates discomfort. Same way with God. So is it with our circumstances and situations when we have things that we anticipate will go wrong. Or we have situations that have happened in the past and now it's starting to look like it's getting ready to happen in the future. All these situations create this whole idea of worry. So putting confidence in your senses solely, most importantly, as a priority over the possibility that God is sovereign and God is in control of your life is where worry um, likes to sit. So this whole idea of turning away from evil, turning away from things that are going to take us away from God and focusing our energy, our mind, our heart, our insight on God is going to help bring nourishment to our bones and health to our bodies. So I was trying to look for a definition of worry to kind of help us. All right. And there was a few things that I found. I found a few, uh, a few definitions and kind of tried to create my own. So based on my study of this, uh, this is what I came up with. So worry is an unhealthy preoccupation with what has happened and hasn't happened yet. So worry is the unhealthy preoccupation with the past and the future. So let's break it down, right? You cannot control the past. It already happened. What we have in the past is the baggage that we've carried to today. We've got the scars, we've got the pains, we've got the stuff. That's just, that's just what happens. That's life. But we can't go back in the past and change what happened. Neither can we go back in the past and, and undo things or erase things or fix us back there. So a lot of times you can anticipate the past repeating itself because you spend more time thinking about what happened back then than focusing on the present. Worry also is an unhealthy and irrational preoccupation with tomorrow. So it's the past and the future being brought into the present at the same time. And your mind is not designed to be concerned about the past or the future at the same time as what it's concerned about now. Now, think about this. Think about how crazy this is, right? All of us that have our license and we're driving. They say that when you're driving, driving is probably one of the most exhausting things that you can do because your body and your mind are working so hard just to focus on all the little things that you don't really recognize is happening. Now, you add screaming kids in the back and you add you trying to fix your makeup and you add you trying to eat and you add trying to do how calm and peaceful is that ride? How, how, how chaotic is that ride? And a lot of things we do, we do on autopilot, right? So some of us are professionals at doing that. I mean, is it recommended? No, you're supposed to be on 10 and 2. 10 and 2, sitting upright with the seatbelt on and all that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Do we do it? Not all the time. Text, forget texting. So this whole idea of worrying, think about what we're doing. Think about what we're doing when we worry. We are going into the future, messing in the future, 
worried about the future, concerned about the future, things that haven't even happened yet. And then we're going back in the past, trying to control the present. And what God is saying here is that you are pre preoccupied with more than I've given you the fortitude to handle. You are concerned about things that have already happened and haven't happened yet. The Greek word here that's used for worry that the Bible often uses in the New Testament literally means to be pulled apart. So that means your heart and your mind are being pulled apart because of your concerns with things that you can't change. Things that you can't change and things that you can't control are wrestling with the things that you can't control and your mind is trying to coordinate which ones we should take care of. That's worry. Chuck Swindoll, one of my uh, one one of the the, the Bible teachers that I've uh, grew up listening to, uh, he said, "Worry is pulling rain clouds of tomorrow into the sunshine of today." Hmm. That you don't reach for the forecast for tomorrow, which may not even be true. How many times we've watched the weather and they said, "Oh, it's going to be awful tomorrow," and it's a sunshine, sunshine day right. that God predicted that we thought was something else. So what it's saying is you're anticipating tomorrow and bringing tomorrow into today, which ends up ruining today. And tomorrow can be a day that you ruin too, because now you've already prejudged what tomorrow is going to be. Mm -hmm. And you set yourself up to be disappointed tomorrow when God is saying, what about today? Jesus says in uh, Luke 20, 12, 22, and I'm going to read this. Um, Jesus said, just to amplify, he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious and troubled with cares about your life as to what you will have to eat or about your body or what you will have to wear. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. He says, observe and consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They, they have neither storehouses or barns, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more worth are you than the birds? And which of you being overly anxious or worried and troubled with cares can add one cubit to his statue or a moment of time to his age or lengthen his life? If then you are not able to do such a little thing as that, listen to Jesus, that's a little thing for God to add and take away things that we can't even conceive. Why are you anxious and troubled and worried with cares about the rest? He said, consider the, consider the lilies and how they grow. They neither uh, wearily toil nor spin nor weave. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory, his splendor and magnificence was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass in the, in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do you not seek by, me by meditating and reasoning to inquire into what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor uh, nor be of anxious or troubled mind, unsettled, excited, worried, in suspense, 
for all the pagan world is greedily seeking these things. And your father knows that you need them. Only aim and strive for and seek the kingdom of God. All these other things shall be supplied to you also. Do not be seized with alarm and be struck with fear, my little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay. Now I tried my best to read that. It was jumbled around, but the sentiment of this is this. God is talking to us in this text through his son, Jesus, as his little children. And I think if I can encourage us in any way, I have to encourage us to remember or reflect back um, on yourself as a parent when your children were young. You knew what you had in store for them. You knew your own heart's desire for their betterment. You knew that you would give them your last piece of bread before you let them not have what they need. You remember when you sacrificed and you knew the storehouse was not as full as you'd liked and the money wasn't really where it needed to be, but you did your best to make sure that that child experienced what that child needed to experience. And oftentimes when I think back, I'm like, I didn't even notice that times were that rough. As a child, I look back and I think about growing up and now that I'm an adult, I, can, I know the signs of when things are tight. But as a child, I never felt that because my parents did their best to shield me from all of that to make sure that I was taken care of. God says, how much more will I take care of you? How much more will I give you what you need? Look at the birds. They don't have jobs. They don't toil. They don't punch a clock. They be, they're, they're birds. And God makes sure that they are fed. He says, look at the grass that stays in one spot. That is not possible for grass to move around on its own. Did you look at the plants? Plants don't get up and go down the street to find where food is. Their nourishment comes to them. Because that's what God does. And God says, if you are preoccupied with pleasing me, and if your concern is more so about understanding me and trusting me, you will begin to see me anew in regards to providing for you in every area of your life. And that's just not food and clothes. That's emotionally. That's, that's, that's physically. That's, that's financially. That's spiritually. God wants to be you're all in all. So there was a couple points that, that, that God gave me as, as we're wrestling with this. And this is what we're going to take our time and probably go through, go a little deeper next week in, in, in regards to worry. But the first point that God wanted me to kind of get us to remember is peace and worry are both contagious. Peace and worry are both contagious. I'll give you an example. Let's start with worry. Our preoccupation with the future and our uh, struggling to overcome the past 
are contagious because if we are constantly reminded of the past and we're constantly told what the future might be in a negative sense, we are going to worry. So what the Lord is saying is first we got to do, some of us, is we got to mind the company that we keep. We got to mind the company that we keep. We got to mind what we watch. We got to mind what we listen to. We got to mind what we surround ourselves with because worry can be given to us. Reasons to worry can be given to us. And we are helpless to the concerns that worry brings. Look at what it's done to our expectation for the future. Look at what it's done to us in the past that many of us have lost loved ones. Many of us have gone through, you know, just this whole, just been bombarded with, we've lost things. And God is still saying, don't worry. How am I going to do that in my own strength? God is saying, your preoccupation with looking at things your own way is keeping you from seeing how big I am. That is it possible for us to believe that God saw this pandemic afar off, that this wasn't a surprise, that God knew that this was going to happen. Like this, we, we didn't just engineer something and then all of a sudden God is like, oh, I got to fix this. No, God knew everything. He's sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning. So worry is contagious, but so is peace. How is peace contagious? Well, peace is contagious because if you surround yourself with people who are walking in peace, it's going to challenge you to walk in peace. If you are filling your spirit with positive things and looking at things that are uplifting, the more you do that, the more it's going to get into your being and resist the urge to worry. This is why it's important to be in the word. This is why it's important to listen to the right things, because whatever the influence of that thing is, it's going to affect your soul and your spirit, whether you realize it or not. So this whole idea of, of worry and peace, understanding that we have a lot more control over how much we take in and what we take in. Uh, I, I was in, in my uh, reading. Uh, I heard a, I read a quote from Max Lucado, and he said that you have power over what you ponder. You, you can't control anything else, really, but you can control what is on your mind for the most part. You can choose what you want to think about. You can choose what you want to focus on. You can choose to surround yourself with certain people to soothe a part of you, or you can choose the path of peace and surround yourself with positive things. And understanding that the implications of what you choose to do are going to affect your life and how you interact with others. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give you and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And listen to what Jesus is saying. Do not let your heart be troubled. That means you have the ability to let it be troubled. Do not let it be troubled because it wants to be troubled. Your heart wants to know what's going to be tomorrow. Your heart wants to deal with and rectify the past. That's what your heart wants to do. And the Lord is saying, don't let it do it. How do I not let it do it? 
Well, I mind my company. I mind what I, what I let into my spirit and my eye gate. I, I stay present. Neither let them be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be afraid. Then he says, stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. So this is all, these are all things that the Lord is saying. Don't let yourself be. Why? Because I gave you my peace. My peace I gave you, not as the world gives. So that means the world does give a version of peace. Jesus is saying, yeah, peace is contagious because either you're going to seek the world's peace or mine. Now, peace from the world means, okay, I'm hurt, so then I find things that will bring me peace. I'll find, I'll do things to bring me peace. Whatever it is, whatever you do to, to, to escape or whatever does not compare to the peace that God wants to give you because the peace that God gives you, the peace that Christ gives you, gives you the power to not be troubled. It gives you the power to not be afraid. It gives you the power to allow yourself to not be fearful or intimidated or cowardly or unsettled. Now, listen, I have to say this because God put it in my spirit to say, but I'm still a work in progress in this area too. And it's like Jesus said, John, I, I, I gave you my peace. You still have access to the world's peace though but I gave you mine. The level of worry that you're experiencing has to do with how much you are prioritizing my peace over how you find peace when you're stressed. How do you find peace? Do you find peace by, I don't know, I don't want to list a whole lot of stuff, but we know what we do. Having money in the bank account. What, may, what gives you peace? Oh, this is, yeah. oh, this is peace now. This is great. But Jesus is saying, I gave you my peace. Where'd you put it? Where, where, where'd you put it? Where, where'd you put it? Where'd you hide it? You stressed out and you're anxious. You're worried. That means you put my peace someplace. You need to go find it. I have given you everything that pertains to godliness. I've given you. And this is the thing. This is why I want to encourage all of us. That as we grow in our relationship with God, that as we grow deeper in, 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 in understanding God, that we really get to know God's character and how much he cares for us. Listen to how Jesus said this. He was like, look at the birds. Look at the flowers, my little children. What you worried about, little kids? God is talking to us how he sees us as his precious little children. And we want to be his big old grown-ups. We want to be God's big old grown-ups, fine. And you do grow-up things. But I'm telling you that God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who knows the future, is calling you little children of little faith. That means see me bigger. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Of course I'm going to feed you. You're my child. Don't worry about what you're going to, what you're going to wear. You're my child. I love you. You are more precious than every other thing that I made. Think about that. As amazing as nature is, you are way more precious to me than that. So what, 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 what are you worried about? Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. The prophet says, you will guard him. You will keep him, meaning God. God will keep him. God will guide him and keep him in perfect and constant peace because his mind, what does that mean? His inclinations and its character. 
So the mind's inclinations, what the mind desires to do, what the mind is inclined to do, what the mind is apt to do, and its character is stayed on you. So my mindset is always defaulting to God. My mindset is always defaulting to what God thinks, to how God is involved, to where God is, to that God cares for me. See, there's this absolutes that God wants us to know about him that will garrison our mind, that will govern our mind, that will keep us in the right frame of thinking that if God is always God, I don't need to worry. And if this God that's always God is going to keep me and provide for me and take care of me, and like we said last week, he's honest, he's sincere, and he's not going to deliberately harm me, and everything that he does for me is going to be for my good, whether it hurts or not. Just because it hurts doesn't mean it harms. Sometimes it hurts, but it's healing. If our mindset is that about God, we will have more peace. So God is trying to help us experience the peace that he's given us to combat our need to worry. Our irrational need to worry. How do we do this? Because obviously not worrying is work. It's easier to worry than to not worry. Which means that there's some work that we have to do, some barriers that we have to put up, some lines that we have to draw. We have to sit ourselves down sometimes and be like, stop. What can you really do about this? Sit down. I don't know about you. I talk to myself all the time. Just like that. Man, come on, man. Stop it, John. Right out loud so I can hear myself say it to myself in that tone. Stop it. What can you fix? What can you do about this? How many moments have you missed from today worrying about tomorrow? Jesus says something crazy, right? He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow going to take care of itself. that's that think about think about that right like that's that's like that's such a like profound thing to say tomorrow is going to take care of itself don't worry about if it's going to rain tomorrow tomorrow is going to decide if it wants to rain or not. tomorrow has its own problems tomorrow has its own problems so why compound today's problems and tomorrow's lord need to help us all (laughs) with this how could, how, could, how could we possibly get through this in one devotional session? This is impossible. I'm beating myself up right now. Like, listen, oh, you're talking big right now, but listen, God's talking to you too, brother. You're worried about what's coming up tomorrow. You're worried about what deadlines is coming. You're worried about all this other stuff. Oh, what you hear on the news, what this person, uh, they, they ended up dying from. So now you're worried about your own health and you're worried about how much of that can you control? Stop it, John. Sit down somewhere. Why don't you sit down and just think about how good God has been? You want to go back to the past? Think about his goodness. That's what, that's what the past should be. Man, my life was horrible back then, but look at me now. God has caused me to survive and gave me the grace to be right here right now. Thank you, Lord. Because I'm here, that means you got something planned for me there. This is what God is trying to get us to, to see. The, 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 other, the other point, and I think we'll kind of wind down here. Value the present more than the past and the future. Value the present, this moment right now, 
is more important than where you've been and where you're going. The only thing that you control is this moment. The, the moment that, and, and the moment that, that just passed is past. All you have is what you decide to do right now. That's the only thing you can control. And God is saying, this is how God, this is how God aligns himself and corroborates this. God says, I am. Like what's God's name in the Old Testament? I am. He told Moses, tell him, tell Pharaoh and them, I am. He didn't say I was and I'm going to be. I am, which means God values the present. And he wants us to value the present because that's where he's most present. But what does the, 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 the psalmist say? Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is, right there. God is our refuge and strength, a very present and well-proof help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains be shaken in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains tremble at the swelling and the tumult, then he says, think about that. Think about how chaotic this world is. Think about how chaotic the earth changed. Think about how the, 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 the things, earth, all these things that we can't control. And, and, and the Bible, the psalmist starts out by saying, God is. Not, not he was, not, not he will be. God is. And he always will be. Back then he is, and in the future he is. So th this is this is this is the, this is the idea that God is trying to get us. Worry challenges the concept of God's isness, if you can receive that. Like we worry about God's intervention because of the past, and we worry whether God is going to intervene in the future, when God is like. Mm, the future going to take care of itself. And actually, I know the end from the beginning. So I already know where you're going. And then God is like, well, I've already been back there already. And everything that happened to you is a result of my grace and mercy towards you. So, you know, you're here because of what I saved you and delivered you through to this moment. So what you need to be doing is being thankful backwards. You need to be thankful backwards. Like you need to be thankful because of the past. Like you need to be thankful because of the present. You need to be thankful because what I brought you through that brought you to this moment right here. Be present. Be present because I'm present. And I think when we think about what we're actually doing, juggling the future and the past and the present is what causes us to be overly concerned about everything else, much of which we cannot control. So many of us, including myself, we just need to slow down. We, we need to turn the clock off that we have and just observe God's. We need to trust God's clock, yeah. trust God's timing, trust God's provision, trust him more, and turn off the clock that we have that's competing with everybody else and what you should have had and what you don't have and what you should think of it. All of that stuff is causing us to miss out on an opportunity to really get to know God and to experience His wonderful provisions for our life. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, 
I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.